All the action right now is in the suburbs and exurbs as wealthy New Yorkers look to leave the city both for rentals and for permanent homes. Welcome to Deconstruct, a podcast by The Real Deal, your source for all things real estate. Today, we're taking you to upstate New York. Snow-dusted trees, creeks, waterfalls, cute towns, and 200-year-old homes. We're talking about the Hudson Valley. The Hudson Valley stretches from Westchester County up to Albany, about three hours away from New York City. Since the pandemic, the Hudson Valley housing market has boomed. As people wanted more space and to be closer to nature, home prices shot up, and homes were getting taken off the market in a matter of days. Now, brokers are busier than ever, and it's become hard to find a home across the region. I think what happened with COVID really gave a heightened market. And, you know, we're finding the higher end market. I have never seen it like this before. We're getting people, you know, coming from, you know, L.A. and, and California to purchase in what they feel is a more comfortable um, environment, you know, climate wise, because of all the fires and so forth. And they're divesting. Everyone wants a piece of the Hudson Valley. That's Nancy Falsetto Horowitz, a broker with Brown Harris Stevens, who has worked in the region for 17 years. She told me how much the housing market has changed since the start of the pandemic. It, it really increased significantly. And I think it needed to. When it first you know, happened, every driveway was filled. Every driveway, people, everything was rented. People were scrambling. And I think people got to understand and love the area and felt it was a good you know, opportunity to invest. You're getting homes that were a million dollars that are selling for three. You're finding a serious premium on finished homes you know, in a clean style. Nancy is not alone in this perspective. Many brokers told me just how busy they've been and how much they've seen prices rise by across the Hudson Valley. Last month, two major brokerages, Four Seasons Sotheby's International Realty and Peerage Realty Partners, merged with Select Sotheby's International Realty and Gary DeMora Real Estate to bring their total broker count to 230. The CEO of Peerage Realty, Gavin Swartzman, told one of our reporters, Cordelia James, the firms were playing the long game. It went from zero to 60 in overnight. One day we weren't allowed to show properties and the next minute it was just a complete, just zero to 60. That's Annabelle Taylor, a broker part of the Lily Kay team at Select Sotheby's International Realty. With all this demand, brokers are having to work harder to find deals for their clients. Eighteen hour days, seven days a week. Those were the hours that Raj Kumar, Annabelle's partner, say that they were working at the start of the pandemic when demand really started to pick up. Especially if you, you know, want to take care of your client and provide the service that we built our entire brand on that's required in extremely serious commitment. You know, 80 to 100 hours a week was not unusual. And it's changed over the last 18, 20 months. At first, it was very much a frenzy where a lot of people were fleeing the city and taking that move very, very seriously. It felt like life or death for a lot of people. Now things have calmed down where, you know, that was an intense experience for the buyers and the sellers, but it was also an intense experience for Raj and I, because there was just a lot of pent up emotion that people were bringing up here. And so now I think a lot of that people have settled down 
and the market has settled down, not in the volume or the dollars, but in the just the general feeling of business being conducted. It feels a lot more stable. Annabelle and Raj say they've done around 150 deals during the pandemic. As Nancy mentioned earlier, most of Raj and Annabelle's clients want turnkey homes, a move-in-ready home that doesn't need any work. Across the Hudson Valley, where so many homes are historic and were built in the 19th century, these are hard to find. Raj said some of these homes are being sold overnight. We listed it on a Friday. We had it sold. We sold it on Saturday. We had two offers, but it wasn't even, we didn't even go into multiple offers because the person who wanted to buy it said, I want it and what do I need to get it? We had it sold for a million and a half plus, about 10% over ask. People saw value in getting a completely, like a true turnkey. It was like the next level of turnkey. Sally Slater, a broker at Douglas Element, agrees. The turnkey homes, they're going quickly. What I've been finding is buyers want turnkey. They're willing to pay for it. And since the pandemic, I mean, even before that was pretty much true, but not as importantly as now. Buyers are coming from the city, from other areas. They don't have the time. They don't have the energy. They don't have the the imagination to redo something. So when something comes on and it's turnkey, it's incredible. It goes. It just goes. Recently, um, I had a listing in North Salem and I put it on the market and I've never had so many full price and over asking offers the first week. And again, turnkey. I had somebody that flew in from California to see it. I had local people. I had people from the city. Everyone wanted it. It's in contract. It's going to close, I think, the end of the month. People that are renovating homes across the region are also seeing a huge jump in values when they eventually go to sell them. Another listing I put on a couple of weeks ago, and this was in Pauling, on a uh, gorgeous road in Pauling. I mean, the views are unbelievable. It's just incredible. And that one was, again, turnkey. It's an interesting property because the buyer bought it like a year and a half ago, maybe. And it was always an elegant house, but it needed everything. It needed a roof. It needed air conditioning. It needed the windows to be replaced. It needed bathrooms to be done. It needed a new septic system. It needed it needed everything. So the, my buyer bought it. It had been on the market for something like, I don't know if it was four years, and it had been overpriced for all the work it needed. The price came down and went down and it went down and it went down. And finally, it was probably lower than it should have sold, but that happens when something sits on the market too long. And my buyer bought it and they did everything, everything. And then they decided they wanted to sell it. And I got a deal on it within two weeks, signing contract. Originally it was under 1 million and it's, it's selling for closer to four. This demand is starting to affect home prices across the Hudson Valley. In the summer of 2019, the median sales price for a home in Westchester County was around 702000 according to data from Realtor.com. This summer, the median hit 835000 For years, 
Brokers have considered the Hudson Valley one of the best-kept secrets in the northeastern U.S. Nancy told me how the region's housing market has changed since then. When we first were up here and, and the real estate, I think more people weren't familiar with the area. They just started, they wanted to get out of the city and have a country home. So going over the last 17, 18 years, you can also see a transition into primary residences. You know, whether it's the boomer generation that, you know, people have come up here to have a different life or whether they're retiring or buying homes for their children. We're also getting, I guess, you know, your 30-somethings that, you know, or 40-somethings, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the clothier, you know, some of the, you know, hat makers. So what makes the Hudson Valley so great? I had to ask someone who recently moved upstate. So I talked to Catherine Lanfer, an editor at Grist. Catherine, why did you move to the Hudson Valley last year? During the pandemic, quarantine really made you focus on what was important. And suddenly, all the excitement and wonderment of New York did not seem as compelling as it had before. I think in part because I couldn't do the things I loved. I couldn't go to art museums. I couldn't go to shows. I couldn't meet friends at restaurants. I couldn't go to literary events. I moved a year ago last Saturday. In other words, a year ago, the Saturday after Thanksgiving is when I moved into my house in a historic hamlet in the hills south of Albany. Did you have a specific place in the Hudson Valley you knew you wanted to move to? I was really, truly sort of at sea. I didn't quite know where to go. So I started in the New Paltz area and things there were already pretty hot. Like I felt like I had come to it really late. If you started immersing yourself in summer 2020 in real estate in the Hudson Valley, you realized that people had been snapping up houses already. You just heard ridiculous stories of people being outbid in cash, uh, you know, people were buying houses for double what they were worth. Uh, I mean, these were the rumors flying around, but it wasn't hard to confirm that this was not going to be easy. I have I had friends in Dutchess County who wanted me to live in Dutchess County, but it very quickly became apparent to me that I had missed the boat on that. And then a friend of mine told me about Rensselaerville, New York, which is about 1,200 people. You don't know it's there until you turn a corner. It's, it's on the National Register of Historic Places. It's Main Street, and it's three blocks of houses built between 1790 and 1860. And it's stunning. And the first time I drove into Rensselaerville, I got out of the car, I heard the waterfall, and I said, this is it. I live now in a, a home that is at least 200 years old, if not older. I have a tiered third of an acre garden that leads down to a creek and a waterfall. I can hear the waterfall 24-7 if I just open a window. I'm literally two blocks from a nature preserve. Catherine also said her mortgage is less than half of what she was paying in rent for her apartment in Harlem. And don't worry, the winters don't bother her. She has remote ignition, so she can warm up her car before she gets in. Deconstruct airs every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Or you can listen at therealdeal.com. For comments on this episode or on the series, or if you have an idea you'd like to share, feel free to reach me at podcasts at therealdeal.com. 
On last Monday's episode on Zillow, we incorrectly defined knock. The firm gives home buyers financing to purchase a home, allowing them to move before the consumer sells their old home on the open market with their agent. Next week, we're looking at the state of the retail industry and whether the holiday season was enough motivation to lead shoppers back to brick-and-mortar stores. Tune in then.